Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hey, just before we get started, this is a conspiracy, paranormal, and true crime podcast. The nature of this podcast is gory, unsettling, and quite vulgar. And we curse a lot. Like a lot, a lot. So be advised. So we're just two idiots with a mic. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And, and this is episode 109. What was it about to take your line? I don't know. That was just really funny. That was a really funny rude of me. I cannot believe I was How literally. How dare you? I mean, it's truly though. Show stealer. I need to Star pull. stealer. I, start stealer. She was a showstopper. Show a panty show. dropper. Homie hopper. Okay, so <laughs> when I was in middle school, there was um, this jazz routine that this guy, th- this guy, his name was Will. He's our choreographer. Um, Well, new character. I'll get it. You'll get it soon. Um, And he choreographed this dance. He was our jazz choreographer for uh, competitive jazz routines. And he he did this jazz routine to show so stopper. And we would have to, it was a leap at that point. So we would like literally like prep for the leap on the show, show, stop, hit and go down. And every time I hear that, I'm like, go. Go, leap, hit, hit. every time. Uh, Land, walk, walk. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. Love it. So why do we look like we're screaming? Because we are screaming. Oh, we are screaming. I, we definitely are screaming. Guys, happy Halloween up. Oh, well, my God. It's like Halloween week. So this is officially the kickoff for Creeps and Crimes Halloween party yeah 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 we're yeah. currently drinking witch's brew mm-hmm. rob the witch's broom <laughs> rob the witch's broom <laughs> no we're, we're actually calling it bitches brew yeah it's, it's actually making us mean we're, we're kind of being like ruthless as fuck and we've got to ch- calm down so don't press us yeah we're like uh you'll understand it on halloween because we have a little special i need to know right you. now if you added more sugar to your rim I didn't. Add, I didn't even take it with me. In Why there. is my hand not? Because you keep licking it off as a chaser, and <laughs> I drink it through the sugar on my rim. Oh yeah, I'm like, chomp, yeah, chomp, munch, yeah. munch. So we're gonna post you guys uh, this this recipe if you want to drink it. <laughs> Don't. It's not great. Um, and it's just literally like whatever the fuck we had in the cabinet. And you'll notice that it's literally all alcohol. It's and all it's alcohol. Moonshine, vodka, and a uh, liqueur. And a liqueur. Plus lemon a juice. of lemon juice. Like, are you kidding? And we were like, like oh my martini. We're like, yes. Hey guys, we're making this at 3.30 <laughs> on a Friday. I guess that's like, fr- you know, that's granted. It's a Friday. And so I don't know. Not even two days ago, I get a text. I think I really, uh, I'm going to become sober. 
Just for a month. Just for a month. I'm like, okay, we're actually going to Oktoberfest next week. Oh, yeah. Two days you after want, you this. Do you want to um, wait on that? Or? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I need to wait. Yeah. And you really don't drink like... I don't drink a lot. Like, we used to... Specifically, like, when we lived together, I drank a lot of wine. Yeah. You drank a, lo- drank a lot of... Oh, my God. I drank a lot of humbug. Yeah, we drank a lot. And then whenever like college. I worked in football, though, I was You're not still... an alcoholic till after college. And I think we have now. I don't know. I borderlined on like an unhealthy relationship with alcohol for a little bit. Like definitely in the beginning of this podcast, I wasn't in my most healthy way with alcohol. No, we were drunk every day. Yeah, we were in a bad way. That was not that was not a good time. Um, so no, like you guys really blessed your charisma. And we're like, okay, I'm sorry we're not fucking drunk every sorry day. Sorry you don't want to be hammered every time. It makes us God. feel like shit. I wake up so depressed after I get oh fucked God, up. Fuck, what did I say last? No, and then I have anxiety about anything that Editing. I did or said. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, yeah. it's rough. We but, are fun drunks though. Yeah, we but are. But the really- witch's brew? It's ruthless. So we're going to keep Be wary. It's really ruthless. So we're going to keep like our heavy, like fun, drunk episodes for our holidays. favorite holidays. Like, which um, we found out is St. Patrick's Day and St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, because Halloween is literally Irish. Um, technically Gaelic or Celtic, but we're going to get to that here in a little bit. You probably already know from the title of this, but we're going to bring you like a full Halloween exclusive. We're telling you the history of Halloween together. Then I'm going to cover a true crime case and Morgan's going to cover a creepy case. We got to wrap it up with like the scariest shit you've ever heard of. (laughs) Love. And it's kind of like a true crime creepy. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. A true crime creepy. Yeah, it's exactly. It's perfect. It's It's perfect perfect. for Halloween because we're going to hit you guys with some special in a couple days so Mm -hmm. yeah you've got something a little fun that's super creepy so actually this one's gonna be more light celebrate the holiday yeah because we're we're wrapping up um halloween this is really like our season three like celebratory it really is because we haven't had the time to like really celebrate this we've been killing ourselves trying to get here yeah um so we're finally back which i know we said this in 108 that we're back in real time with you but like right now i feel really good you know like i feel like i'm in season three yeah whereas in 108 i was frantic trying to 108 was rough guys yeah we we rough it was rough we talked we talked about it a little bit at the end about how we had to record it a million times anyway speaking of oktoberfest even though we're not speaking of it anymore let's go back to it okay guys we are going to be at oktoberfest in in helen Helen, georgia and Um, yeah when you're listening to this on thursday gonna eat a big fat fucking Mm. pretzel i'm gonna eat a big fat brat freaking furt a big fat fucking freaking furt oh (laughs) big Fucking, fucking cock. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, don't get it. But it's a joke, okay? It's so funny. It's, so it's funny. actually, it's actually, it's a joke between the boys, but we we still stole it because it. it was so fucking funny. I was like, did you just really say what I thought you said? It was so funny. We we have never laughed so hard in our lives. I think Patreon knows about that because we came back and recorded a Patreon episode, oh, okay. or maybe we did tell it on a regular episode. But anyways, it was fucking hilarious. It was when okay. we went on a little bit of a road trip. Oh, anyway, so, so we're super excited. We're doing that with some friends, and um, we are actually going to try to do some interviews. Oh, we, we, we never ordered, ordered a mic, but yeah. we can always just use a phone. Yeah, or we can just, um, you know, we still have, technically from where we are, we have a whole entire week, so we have Amazon Prime. Right, but we could totally just like, you know, like, hey. Yeah, but that audio quality is not going to be good. I'm not. Oh, it's time to be real. So we're actually going to be real right now with you guys. Okay, go ahead. I'm with that. 
Be real. Everybody smile. Where are you at? Get in your post. Fix One, your chin. two, three. Cheese. Cheese. Love it. Looking good. All right. Good pick. We're y'all. in, guys. Love it. Live on the Be Real. The whole entire people that are listening to 109. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that experience with me. We have so many people on our Be Real. <laughs> Literally. Nobody. No, we have six people. <laughs> yeah. Because if you guys saw what we did every day, you guys would be like, why the fuck do I listen to them? They're dirty, annoying, <laughs> They're stinky liars. She even shower. Like, do, do they even have a shower in their homes? Right. No, we don't. No, we don't. Anyways, um, we had a really fun weekend this weekend. <gasps> guys. Um, so, mm. Morgan, tell them the big event that happened. Not the big event for CNC, but like the big event for us. Okay. So, the big event for us was. Um, the- the fucking balls beat, beat down on Alabama. Not beat down. Okay, they beat Alabama. But I don't know. It pretty much could have been a beat down. Could have been. Because been. it was. Would have been. It was intense. It was, it was intense. fucking electrifying, guys. Like, it was like all of Knoxville was cheering, like, earthquake, like, vibes. We like, could hear, like, there was a point where you couldn't hear at all because there was so much noise. Like, that last, when that field goal, we literally, I mean, I, first off, we were downstairs at a bar, and there's a bar above it, and I thought it was the ceiling was going to come through. through. And I was thinking, like, okay, we need to get closer to the door just in case. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't even enjoy it. the same thing, but then I was yeah. like, <laughs> Morgan was inconsolable it was awesome and i was like where's the exit just in case because yeah. i had to th- i had to think for everybody for a second because i was like for sure it's coming through and yeah. we're gonna die today it, it was it was it was incredible yeah it was it was it was fucking we fun. had a great time that day and then and then oh my god this is the best part you tell it. The best part. so we had been at a bar downtown and we were like okay let's go to another bar so we switched bars and we went from like southbound which is more like rap and djs to the country bar across the street um which is more of a yeah type of moment more and so we walked over there and we're sitting in this like back corner. And at this point, I had to stop drinking at the beginning of the fourth quarter because Logan was fucked. Morgan was fucked. Aaron was fucked. Aaron's friend was fucked. And we were like, uh, I'm like, OK, I, I have a migraine anyways. I'm just going to stop while I'm ahead. So I had went ahead and stopped. And I was waiting. I mean, this is four had, hours later. And we were sick as fuck because we had four Pizza. We literally ate four pizzas. I could order one of those right now. Oh my god, I can't look at pizza for a solid two. No, months. I could literally eat it right I've now. I've never been so sick in my life. So we're sitting there, and I'm just kind of like fighting for my life at this point. And by the way, you want to know what we were drinking? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you want to know what we were drinking? Jameson ginger limes, aka St. Patty's. AKA we we were going in, bitch. Like that's how you know Morgan and Taylor are going in. We go into the bar. We're like, can we get three Jameson ginger limes? Thanks. So. We're, I'm sitting there fighting for my life. My stomach is in knots and Logan is talking to everybody. Morgan is having Aaron whisper crazy shit in her ear because he was on a different fucking No, level. Aaron was whispering in my guess. <laughs> and then all of our friends showed up. So we were there for like four hours. And at the like beginning of the last hour that we were there, it starts getting packed because everybody that was in the stadium was coming over to Old City to party. And uh, we're Morgan's sitting beside me at this point, and we're just kind of on our phones and chit chatting. Actually, no one was on their phones because we were all had dead phones. So we were, yeah, yeah that was another awful. thing. So I'm, we're just sitting there, kind of chit chatting, and this girl comes up to us, and she goes, "Oh my God, I love Creeps and Crimes." And she said, "Oh my God, I'm Teen Cream, Teen Crime." Yes, something yes. like that. Something like that. And we were like, 
first off, we were like not alive at this point. We turned and looked at her like, there's no way this is real. We've never been together. noticed together. And so I, I literally was like, I, I couldn't speak at first. I was literally like, is this happening or am I hallucinating? Yeah. And then Morgan's like, oh my God. And jumps up. And so we go over and we're like hugging her and we're like, can we get a picture with you? Like, <laughs> She's probably like, yeah, you fucking weirdos. Yeah. Sure. She didn't even add, like, she didn't ask for a picture with us or anything. We were like, can we get a picture with you? So we got a picture with her. And if you know, you know who you are, obviously. Um, will you DM us? Because we would just like your permission to post it on our social media because we love it and we are dying to post it, but we couldn't find you. So we want to, we want to shout you out. It was, guys, it, it made was our most, whole like, light. Like, Baby, you came in there with confidence. You're like, you did. Love you guys. I'm like, oh, fuck. I love you too. She knew exactly. Right now. It was so crazy. It was like not a question like, hey, are you guys so-and-so? Like, it wasn't a question like that at all. It was like, hey, I love you. And yeah. we were like, oh, my God. We love you. What? <laughs> you want a chalk? You want a drink? What is that? Pizza? <laughs> I mean, literally, it was like that. It was so, we had, I mean, I, it changed my entire night. I've never been so happy in my life. I was throwing up in the toilet later that night just thinking about it. <laughs> just being like, wow, what a great night it's been. Wow, what a great fucking day. Tennessee beats Alabama, and then we get noticed. That's the best part. Like, I, I mean, I literally don't give a fuck. We could have wiped Alabama out before, I, but, but like, that moment topped it for me. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we got a great episode for you today. Like, really, it's a good one. And so I'm really excited to give this to you, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween when you do go trick-or-treat in, if you got kiddos or you're going with siblings mm -hmm. or... You're handing out candy. Just make sure you're always keeping an eye out for. Be safe. Yeah. Just the weirdos. Around you and. You know, it's hard to tell. Y'all how... know what to do. Yeah. We don't need to tell just you. Just trust your intuition around people because, yes, people wear costumes. So we lose that ability to read a lot of body language and facial language. But in the moment, like, just really trust your intuition to guide you on what's a safe area and what's not. And if you're one of our listeners, we expect you to have good candy. Yeah. And we expect you to have candy for the kids. I expect um, <laughs> the And you better be repping the, the merch. You better. You, if, if I don't get 19 million tags on Halloween of you guys walking Passing your kids around candy and in Creeps and Crimes merch, I'm calling the police. Yeah, on all of on you. On all of you. I'm, calling, I'm literally doing a bolo. <laughs> on everybody. Alrighty, guys. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. So before we jump in, we just want to give our sources a big old shout out. Um, so our sources are various articles by history.com, the Irish Times, Halloween by Tricking Roger, the Washington Post, and a few other smaller articles and books by various institutions, but mainly history.com. Love. And we had to mention an article written by Jack Santino for the University of Tennessee Press titled Halloween and Other Festivals of Death and We just Life. had to give that love to a you too. You know what I mean? Like, Especially on this week. Yeah, you know, we just had to. So with all of that being said, this is the history of Halloween, the man who killed Halloween, and, quote, Always check the candy. Dun, 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 dun. All, right. All right. First off with history of Halloween, the ancient origins. Halloween can be traced back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, which is a Gaelic festival celebrating the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the, quote, darker half of the year, a.k.a. 
winter, a.k.a. seasonal depression, <laughs> a.k.a. not okay, taking place halfway between the autumn equinox and winter solstice. Samhain is held on November 1st, but all of the celebrations began on the evening of October 31st because the Celtic day began and ended at sunset. Samhain is one of the four Gaelic seasonal festivals. Others include Lunasa. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lunasa festival is the marking, it marks the beginning of the harvest season halfway between the summer solstice and autumn equinox, which is traditionally held on August 1st or the closest Sunday to this date. The, another festival is called the Imbolke. Imbolk. Imbolk, I think. Imbolk. I, I tried to write out the pronunciations for us because I Imbolk. was sitting with Imbolk. Google Translate, but it's like Imbolk. Imbolk. Or also called St. Bridget's Day, and it's a festival marking the beginning of spring. And for Christians, it is the feast day of St. Brigid, Ireland's patroness saint. The celebrations are held on February 1st, halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Another festival is Beltane. It is the Gaelic May Day Festival. Mm-hmm. This celebration is held on May 1st between the spring equinox and the summer solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, making the start of summer in Ireland as they have a solar-based season system. I love that. I do too. I really love Why it. Why can't we have that? I love that they're like, this is we want it. the equinox and the solstice. I'm like, hell yeah, it is, bitch. <laughs> spiritual I fucking bitches. love this shit. I love this shit. I love Ireland. But for this Halloween special, we are going to focus on Samhain. As I stated earlier, Samhain marks the end of the harvest and the beginning of the dark half of the year, winter, which, according to History.com, was a time that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the world of the living and the world of the dead became blurred, meaning this was the night that ghosts of the dead could return to the earth. But when they returned, they would cause severe damage to crops and trouble. During this time, it was also believed that the Celtic priests would be able to make better predictions of the future. These predictions were literally the Celts' lifeline during this time, as they had a long, dark, and intense winter. Winters, plural. Which is hard for anyone, but specifically for the Celts, as they solely relied on nature for food, resources, and money for trade. To commemorate the festival of Samhain, Celtic priests would build huge bonfires that were considered sacred. And people would gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. They would wear costumes, mostly made of animal heads and skins to celebrate. And together, they would read each other's fortunes. I love it. Me too. I love it. At the end of the celebration, people would light their hearth fires with flames from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. According to History.com, by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of the Celtic territory, and they ruled this land for 400 years. During this time, two Roman origin festivals merged with the traditional celebration of Celtic Samhain. The first of the two Roman festivals was Feralia, 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 which celebrates the manes, or the Roman spirits of the dead, or souls of the deceased. Originally, this was celebrated on February 21st, marking the end of a nine-day festival honoring their dead ancestors, which was called Ferentalia. Yeah! The second Roman festival was Pomona, which celebrated the Roman goddess of fruits and abundance. Pomona, during which they would feast to honor the goddess, and the symbol of Pomona is the apple, which is why we now bob for apples! I fucking love it. I love it. In 1609, A.D. Pope Boniface III, Fourth, dedicated the Pantheon in Rome on May 13th. He did this in honor of all Christian martyrs. Therefore, they established the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day. 
Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints, moving its observance to begin on May 13th and end on November 1st. So it started on May 13th with All Martyrs Day and ended on November with All Saints Day. But during the 9th century, Christianity had spread over all Celtic territories, and this led to Celtic rites and new practices blending together. Therefore, in the year 1000 AD, the church implemented All Souls Day on November 2nd, which was an ode to Samhain. Just as Samhain had traditionally been celebrated, All Souls Day used large bonfires, costumes, and parades. But the costumes were of saints, a.k.a. angels and devils. There is a bit of controversy around this, as some historians believe it was actually them trying to replace the Celtic celebration with a church-focused holiday. The mm. celebration of all... Fuck that. I knew it. <laughs> the celebration of All Saints Day was referred to as All Hallows Day. Therefore, the evening before the Christian holy days of All Hallows Day and All Souls Day, vigils and major feasts were held, therefore giving October 31st the name All Hallows Eve. And all three dates, October 31st to November 2nd, were collectively referred to as All Hallow Tide. October 31st, a.k.a. All Hallows Eve, eventually turned into Halloween, which of course is what we refer to it as today. By the end of the 12th century, these celebrations became holy days of obligation in Western Christianity, thus the birth of traditions such as ringing church bells to free the souls in purgatory, town criers or bell ringers who walked the streets of towns, who would wear black, ringing mournful bells and calling on all good Christians to remember the poor souls. During All Hallow Tide, it became custom to bake and share soul cakes for all Christian souls. Soul cakes were usually made with allspice, nutmeg, ginger, cinnamon, and other sweet spices with raisins and topped with the mark of a cross to sign that they were for a donation. People would sit baskets full of these soul cakes outside of their homes with glasses of wine. The wine was an offering for the dead. Fuck yes. If I die, let me go there. Yeah. S send me straight there. 19 crimes, please, preferably. <laughs> Would on you, your doorstep. And a soul cake. No nuts, though. Hold the nuts for her, Hold please. Hold the nuts. And maybe the nutmeg. I don't think I'm allergic, but I might be. Thus, <laughs> um, <laughs> the early birth of trick-or-treating as children would go, quote, souling during All Hollows Tide, meaning they would go door to door and beg for cakes. But Taylor will tell us about trick-or-treating in just a minute. Okay. I'm so excited. I okay. love this so much. It's giving Agent 355 off of uh, it is. Patreon. It is We've been that. history teachers. Yeah, no, History yeah. professors, if you will. This is now a history podcast. If you don't like it, please exit the room. I deadass want to start a side podcast where we cover like all history things. Like creepy and crimey still. We're not historians. We're not historians, but... That's like the best part about it. I love. It's like that guy on TikTok that tells the biblical stories in the way of like not a biblical way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn yet? Yeah. Okay. So, yes, before we hop into that, let's talk about how Halloween got to America because America has a lot to do with the term trick-or-treating, um, but we're going to get to there. It'll lead us there. When America was being colonized, there were very little to no celebrations of Halloween as they were strictly based on Protestant belief systems. But as time went on and they expanded south of the New England colonies and the, I'm referring to like the southern colonies, which at the time were like Maryland and all of those like below the yeah. Hudson. Yeah, the Hudson, right? Below West Point, if you listen to Patreon. Hmm. Um, this is Get where on. like 
Halloween began being embraced again and we start seeing more celebrations. With the influence from different European practices and Native American culture merged together, it formed an early version of the American Halloween celebrations that we use today. These early celebrations were public events that were held to celebrate the harvest, which they called play parties, during which people would gather to share stories of the dead, sing, dance, and tell each other's fortunes. So we still have the stories of the dead and the fortunes from the um, Celtic practices of Samhain, but then we have the singing and the dance added from Native American culture, which I find really beautiful. Worlds coming together. Right. And little by little, these stories of the dead turned into ghostly and scary and mischievous stories. But, and also we saw a lot of that within like Celtic culture because literally the Irish love talking about like fairies and gnomes and you know little things that were like mischievous but this is where they became like gory and dark because we're like we're americans scare us you know like literally the shit out of me but these celebrations (laughs) um, were referred to as autumn festivals and not halloween until the second half of the 19th century which was a time where America had experienced an influx of immigration, specifically Irish immigrants escaping the Irish potato famine. The integration of Irish traditions in America is what led to the national celebrations of Halloween. But in the late 1800s, there was this movement in America to take all the ghosts, pranks, darkness, and witchcraft out of Halloween celebrations, at which point Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones in an effort to make take out all these darker connections, which I'm like, no, it had nothing to do with witchcraft. It was literally like a Celtic – it was – it was early Catholic and right. Celtic pra- religious practices, but it just wasn't their version of it. Right. It wasn't fucking witch- witchcraft. By right. Any means. It wasn't. It was literally, I'm going to tell you a scary story and act like I can, you know, like yeah. I, I'm going to try to predict your future. Um, two of the European practices kept with America's version of Halloween were the dressing up in the costumes and going door to door and asking for food or money. Imagine trick or treating was money. Oh, bitch. I would, I would be, I would act like I was a child. I would <laughs> right literally now, be walking around. Trick or treat. Tip or treat. This is what we know today as trick or treating. And this became a part of the American traditions for Halloween in the 1920s. So the getting food and the money was the treating part. But where did the tricks come from? It is said that young girls believed if they could tell each other's fortunes at Halloween because of Samhain practices, they would be able to figure out the names or appearances of their future husbands by doing tricks with yarn, apple parings, or mirrors. I love AKA literally witchcraft, but okay. Like, That's you, know, fine. you know, like, I'll let it They're slide. like, we're taking all the witchcraft out of it. But if you want to know your husband's name, you need to get this yarn and do this. Like, I'm right over here, babe. <laughs> okay. I'll let it slide. Like, literally, you guys basically led to the Salem witch trials because, right? Because you were like, I need to know my husband's name. Like, they're like, witch, burn her. <laughs> yeah. Like, so fun. You guys up. taught us that. What are you talking about? Um, But others debate this, claiming that the tricks actually referred to if a homeowner did not have candy, 
um, the trick-or-treater would fuck shit up. So it's a threat. So basically, if you were going up to the, when you're going up to the door when you were little and like knocking and And you're like like, your 79-year-old neighbor just knock, 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 and you're saying trick-or-treat, you're actually saying, give me a treat or I'll burn this motherfucker down. (laughs) Get (laughs) fucked or treat right now. Your choice, bitch. (laughs) And your neighbor's like, you fuck around. Your neighbor has literal trauma. The 80-year-old neighbor has literal trauma from trick-or-treat and you're just like, trick-or-treat. Like, you evil little shit. Like, you little bitch are you kidding um so yeah you're literally threatening them um (laughs) prior to this children in scotland and ireland would say help the halloween party because they would be like collecting stuff for the community like festivals and in northwestern and central mexico this is actually called calavarita which means sugar skull so instead of saying like trick-or-treat the children would say Madami Caravarita. Very good. Thank you. Which translates to, can you give me my little skull? Referring wow. to a small sugar or chocolate-shaped candy skull. Now, as for wearing costumes, this was an attempt to keep the ghosts that were returning to Earth from recognizing you and knowing your identity. Oh. Basically, this would confuse them into thinking that they were still in the afterlife, which is why we decorate a certain way and put certain things out because, like, the treats were to distract them Mm -hmm. with, obviously, the wine. Um, And then the costumes were, so they were like, oh, I'm still in the afterlife. I'm not on Earth. Imagine now they're like, Oh my God, Iron Man's here? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh-huh. They're like, Shut up. oh my God, this is crazy. So many is that celebrities. Scooby and Shaggy and <laughs> <Bella>? Wow. <laughs> They're so confused. They're like, where the fuck? Like, why am is I? Kylie Jenner here? <laughs> Stormy Literally. baby? Stormy baby? Don't you dare look at that skip button. Turn away. Turn away from it. What are you doing? Don't even think listen about it. Listen to us. What are you doing? This will be the best decision of, of your, your life. life. Okay, so if you listen to us go on and on and on in episode 108, then you guys already know how obsessed we are with our new sheets. Literally the best sleep of my entire life, and even Logan said that he could tell a difference. Thanks to two words. Miracle brand. Period. Not only has my comfort improved, but so has my literal health. Did you know that Miracle Brand sheets are self-cleaning, Boom. eco-friendly, 100. and prevent 99% of bacteria, aka yeah. saving you so much time on those Sundays that you spend stripping your bed and cleaning all of your bedding with regular sheets, which is necessary because traditional bedding can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat. Ugh. Gross. Oh my God. AKA that leads to acne, allergies, and stuffy noses when you wake up, and that is the worst guys i am so serious don't ignore or skip over this because the topic of sleep and cooling sheets are the two topics that i take probably the most serious so when i tell you that these are the most amazing sheets i have ever owned in my entire life rest assured that i am not just saying that lightly miracle brand offers self-cooling self-cleaning luxurious comfort and quality sheets that are not only better for your sleep but they're better for your skin too using silver infused fabrics originally developed by nasa miracle brand Brand sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. And because they are infused with natural silver, they also prevent 99.9% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. Like Morgan was saying,
brain, meaning less bacteria to clog your pores, aka fewer breakouts and irritated skin. We love that. Not to mention, they are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tags of other luxury brands. Their sheets use a premium 500 thread count satin weave that is made with USA grown Supima cotton, aka one of the highest quality cottons in the world. Oh yeah. To try Miracle Sheets today, go to trymiracle.com slash creeps and crimes and use our exclusive code creeps and crimes at checkout to save 40 percent and get three free towels Mm -hmm. miracle and me and morgan are so confident that you will absolutely be obsessed and love their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you're not 100 satisfied you will get a full refund upgrade your sleep today with miracle brand go to trymiracle.com slash creeps and crimes and use our code creeps and crimes to claim your free three-piece towel set and save 40 percent off again that's trymiracle.com slash creeps and crimes thank you miracle brand for sponsoring this episode um so <laughs> i don't know where i am okay it would confuse them to thinking that they were still in the afterlife and not on earth in our plane Like I said before, once America stripped Halloween of its darker spiritual roots because we literally suck, um, this is when it became a lot more about community in America. So this is block parties, festivals, town-wide holiday parties and events, and parades. But by the 50s, with the amount of young children as a result of the baby boom, they really pushed for neighborhood trick-or-treating or, or like, trunk-or-treats at churches and shit like we see now. Yeah. Because basically they used to have these in, like, community schools, and they're like, we cannot legally fit everybody into this building. Although they were probably not really fucking worried about legal legal issues No, not at all. They were just like, um, there's not enough space. Um, This was more cost effective for the communities to celebrate together and shops, candy makers and stores really jumped on this shit and never looked back, which is what made trick or treating and like a national nationwide tradition because it was marketing. Yeah, it was all about marketing today, according to history.com and a few other um, places that I read. You can literally just Google it. It comes up at the top. Americans spend an estimated six billion dollars on Halloween decorations and candy. That's insane. That's not even including the costumes. And then you buy it the week later and it's half off. Right. (laughs) And this actually makes Halloween our second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. I believe it. That is fucking crazy to me. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's the only other one that we, like, really decorate for. You know what I mean? Like, house-wise. Yeah, and we give gifts. House-wise. Yeah, house-wise. Like, that we give What would be... What what do you think the next one is? Um, Thanksgiving? Maybe? I would say Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, because we do get gifts. Not decoration-wise, but we... We spend expensive gifts. Expensive gifts. We definitely do decorate. And we spend a lot of money in restaurants. Mm-hmm. But and it's like celebrated in schools. You know, like yeah. we bring the boxes and the Valentine's. And the and candy. Tons of candy. I bet it would be Valentine's Day. I wonder what's next. We'll Easter, have to go. Easter, Thanksgiving, probably. Easter. Yeah, because again, the candy. We buy tons of candy at Easter. Best candy, Halloween, Easter, and um, what's the other one? Valentine's Day. Best Hands candy. Down. God, it's my so stocking good. always slacks on Christmas. Mom, Santa, <laughs> Mom, what's up, Santa? Come on, babe. Santa doesn't fill my stocking at my house. My mom doesn't let him. Oh, yeah. Why? That's only for blocks the chimney. No, that's where we get the chimney. Good lord, witches brew. Um, that is where we get all of our new underwear for the year. <laughs> yeah. So mom's like, Santa, not for you. 
Yeah, say it up. Can't Sorry. Have it. Sorry, I hate that. For Sorry, you. unless you want to go to Victoria's Secret, it's just really not. Yeah, not like, up your alley. I mean, it's gonna be really awkward for you, but yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Americans did try to take all the darkness out of Halloween, but Hollywood brought it right on back, mm-hmm. specifically in the '70s with box office hits that we so watch today, all of which seem to continue growing darker and darker each year. So a couple of the notorious Halloween movies to watch around Halloween time. Not so much spookiest, but we'll still give you some spooky here. Mm-hmm. Number one, 1978's Halloween. Mm-hmm. That they one, just released a new one this year with I Jamie heard it, Curtis. I heard it wasn't good. No. Are you kidding? I did hear that. Um, second one, 1975, the second most popular is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm. which are actually coming to Knoxville in a couple weeks Ooh, at the Tennessee Theater. Love. Um, the third is The Exorcist, 1973. People love yeah. that shit. Fourth most watched Halloween movie is it's the great pumpkin charlie brown uh well that has been around for a long time so i mean how does that even count you know like right (laughs) um number five is the nightmare before christmas which is also Mm. nuts yeah um seven Coraline. i think this is including you have to think though like yes our i'm gonna blow this fucking list out the window where's practical magic where's halloween town where is um hocus pocus Number, number eight is scream or seven is scream okay um, number eight is The Witches, 1990. I've never seen it. Mm. Um, number nine is Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1968. Mm-hmm. And number 10 is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Which, oh, Fair. 11, Hocus Pocus. Oh, yep. That's what I was expecting. I don't know why this Have you heard there. mixed reviews about the new Hocus Pocus? I would like to see it, but I have heard mixed reviews. I haven't, heard, I haven't seen it, but um, I listened to Emma and Christine for their most recent episode. So the one that came out the same week as 108. I was listening to them cover, not cover. They were just talking about Hocus Pocus and like yeah. Christine, like watched Hocus Pocus for the first time like five years ago, and so she wasn't like into it, you know, to watch it again. She hadn't seen it again, the new one. But him was like the only thing they didn't love was that apparently they didn't bring back all of the children that were in it, like the main characters, yeah. but like not the people that were kids in it, right? And so that makes me kind of sad. Yeah, why wouldn't they do that? You had one chance. But M was literally sobbing, saying that the best acting they had ever seen was of the eye of the book. Shut up. And I'm like, okay, fine, now I have to go fucking watch it. Yeah, no, I have to watch it. Yeah, now I have to watch it. Is it it in theaters or is it out? No, we can watch it on Disney+. Plus. Oh, shit. Okay, so tonight I'll be watching that. But no, you have to think, though, like all these like Coraline and all this, like those... It, this is a huge demographic. And right. Halloween is more so suited for kids. Right. So your most popular Halloween movies for kids are definitely going to be stuff like that. The Great yeah. Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. And all the other things. Family movies. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is your favorite? Um, Like family movie or just? Family movie and horror. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do three. Just like overall Halloween, family Halloween, and then horror. My favorite overall Halloween, Practical Magic don't even fucking question me about that. Like, my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Are you wow. kidding me? Sandra Bullock. Are you fucking kidding me? And Rizzo. Are you kidding me? I don't know what her real name is. I know I'm going to hell for that. Um. Anyways, my favorite family one. Okay, so I don't know. I go back and forth on this because I loved Halloween Town. I was fucking in it, all right? But there was this one Disney, original Disney Channel movie, okay? And I truly don't really know what the name of it is. Twitches. I love Twitches, but no, this is not the one I'm talking about. This one would always be on at like three o'clock in the morning at any given time during the year. And it was 
of a mummy. I think it was literally called the mummy, but it was like of this mummy that these two kids found and they're trying to like help this mummy get back or like the, they think the mummy's chasing them and then the like, mummy's like its friend. And it was, it was such a good movie. I would watch, I would literally stay up if I saw it on the guide that it was coming up later that night because this is before you it. can record it. Yeah. So I would literally stay up and watch it because I loved it. It was so fucking good. I would set an alarm on my iHome. Yeah. Or no, not even my fucking iHome, my CD player that had, um, oh my God, what was the song? Um, summer, summertime Girls. Summertime Girls are the one that kind of, I like. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God. There was this song I used to love when I was, I had the CD. I would play it over and over and over again when I was around this age. Not on the and CD I, player. Yeah. And I, I got, I was so fucking excited about getting this alarm clock you could put a cd in it and it yeah. would wake you up and you could pick which song I know exactly what you're talking about and i was like it was a white one with a clear thing and you could see it spinning yeah. and i would in the blue light i would literally like it's the best day ever i would wake up so excited where the f- i would love to have that right now i would wake the I fuck would, up me too i would wake the fuck i'd be up. like oh you don't wake up why oh. don't I wake up to music anymore right well god i woke up to music because you could still do that on your phone I used to, in high school, wake up to Ray LaMontage, you are the best thing, best damn thing. And now every time I hear it, because it starts off like, dun, like, dun, 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 like it literally scars me when I wake up in the morning. So now I know that's why. fucking Yeah, hilarious. it ruins songs. So um, that one is my favorite, like, kid-friendly movie. But in terms of horror movies, I love the fucking Conjurings, but they just haunt me every time. I know. Every time. What's I love the Conjurings, too, but... I will say in high school, which is I, I feel like I haven't really gotten to celebrate Halloween right since I've left home. I know. Like, it's just not the same since I'm not with, like, my whole family. I don't yeah. know, in my neighborhood that I grew up in. But it's not even that. My I just favorite horrors to watch during spooky time mm-hmm. is probably paranormal activities. You love those. Oh, my God. And Insidious and all of those. those yeah. Those are so good. But my favorite, like, family movie I mean, I've seen Halloween Town one, two, three, and Twitches one and two like a million so times. So good, yeah, a million times. I couldn't pick between them. I just feel like but those also are just like we we also watched a lot of Harry Potter, but Harry yeah. Potter is like an every holiday thing. Yeah, you know. I mean, I literally watch that Thanksgiving, Christmas. Christmas. It's a huge Christmas. Movie. Oh my god, it's so good, especially the one where they're celebrating Christmas and Halloween. They're being so cute, little hair, little mannequin. I and love it. But yeah, I would pick between. I would actually probably pick Halloween Town over Twitches for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Marnie. I, is that I, her name? Marnie. She kept swapping up and on my Agatha. TikTok. And you know who Agatha is in real life? Who? You know, okay, Agatha, Grandma Aggie. Yeah. You know? Do you know whose mom she is in real life? No. Fucking Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. Shut up. That's Carrie Fisher's mom. Logan no told me that the other day. I was like, bitch, what the fuck? I had no idea. Aggie? That's my bitch, nuts. Aggie. I love her. She was dope. Um, yeah, I love it. Damn, I love Halloween. It's literally the best of all time. Yeah. And I think actually what's missing, I really don't feel like it's like home that's missing. Because, well, okay. It's childhood. It is. It's home that's missing because I just know those streets and I trick-or-treated on them. So, like, they mean a lot more to me. But It's also the neighborhood because right. even if you were an adult there, like, you know you'd have kids to come right. to trick or treat. Right. And I don't know. I just feel like the, a, it's kind of like Disney World, mm-hmm. you know? Disney World's fun to still go to when you're an adult. Halloween is still fun to celebrate when you're an adult. It's just not the same because you're not seeing it through the eyes of a child yeah. who gets so re- – I'm going to sob. Why? I don't Hello? know. I don't know. I just miss my little sisters being like that. Like, I got to experience that for so long because they were still... I mean, guys, they're literally just in high school now. Yeah. 
and I'm graduated college. I've gone through two careers. I'm married and they're in high school. Yeah. So they were so much younger than me that I got to for years still experience a younger version of Halloween mm-hmm. and trick or treating with them. And that was just so fun to see and like be a part of and getting them ready and then picking their costumes. Like that was it's such a great experience. And I just I need someone to have a fucking kid around me. Does anybody live in Knoxville that's got a few kids that we can come watch? Oh, it's definitely not going to be me or you because we got too much to do, bitch. No, it's right no, there. No, no. See, we had just to- two totally different experiences. Like, you, mm-hmm. like, ha- enjoyed, like, getting to get them get ready. No, mm-hmm. but it was me and my siblings fighting over my mom to do her hair, makeup, and then mm-hmm. fist fighting each other and then still having a good time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was... T- I was t- just totally like an only things. child for the majority of my childhood. Yeah. And then by the time they were born, like I was old enough to be able to help and do one person, right. one, one person's either Phoebe or Lola's hair and makeup yeah. and get them running. And so I got to experience it like that. Same with like Christmas and stuff. Like I just so got to experience it. And yeah, all the mine magic. Was, was a fucking brawl out, full out, right. brawl out. And fight, so I didn't we're have so siblings. Close in age. Yeah. Right. And I didn't have any siblings close to my age. So I just got to watch them experience it and just get to like fucking yeah. be magical i mean the first time they went to disney world like even when they were little when we take them back like it was just so we all fun. know marshall's first time at disney world <laughs> oh my god the motherfucker <laughs> shit shit Ed. i love it so the next thing that we're going to talk about is like some halloween lore a little bit and we're going to start off with black cats and i'm literally going to be referring to this history.com article called why black cats are associated with halloween and bad luck um which was written by elizabeth yuko on october 13th 2021 because this article is so good if i were to try and pull notes off of it, it plus like another thing i would literally just be copy and pasting and that's not fair to this author so I'm going to give her or them credit and we're going to read about it. So black cats, the origins of the superstitions surrounding them are actually traced back to some of the world's earliest civilizations, specifically ancient Egypt, where they were considered divine symbols. Cats were so prevalent in Greek mythology that the goddess of magic, sorcery, the moon, and witchcraft, Hecate, if I think is how you say it, was described as having a cat as both a pet and a familiar, which is a supernatural creature that assists a witch. And I love having a familiar. Like, I right. think that's so cool. So these written records link black cats to the occult as far back as the 13th century when official church documents called the Vox in Rama was issued by Pope Gregory. Oh, we've already talked about him, right? Or no, that was the third. This is the Pope Gregory the third. Yeah. That's who we talked about. Who's IX? What number is that? What is an X? Nine. Nine? X is 10. Okay. So yeah. Nine. This article was written on June 13th, 1233. What? 1233? There were people there? There was paper? <laughs> there were... How did you write, literally? We were engraved in this um, And it says, quote, In it, black cats were declared an incarnation of Satan. And did you know Satan is actually uh, pronounced Satan? I actually do know that. I didn't know that. I was listening yeah. to a, I was watching a history, I was watching the history channel. I only see the name every time I research something. <laughs> yeah, literally. Satan? <laughs> Satan? Satan. Um, okay, and that quote me. was said by Layla Morgan Wilde, who is the author of Black Cats, True Tales, and Inspiring Images. So black cats and witches were seen as threats to the early Christian church. 
though these early Christian churches in Europe coexisted with witches, as the church was gaining power and influence, it is said that witches became a direct competition in gaining the hearts and minds of the people that they were trying to influence to come to the church. And that's when the church began hunting, persecuting, torturing, and murdering witches in vast numbers. So basically witch trials. But this was not the only connection that they had fabricated, because obviously it was fabricated by the church, between witches and cats and the devil. Early Christians said that they feared that not only were witches a threat, but they became more powerful when they had a black cat. And the Christians saw this as disrespectful to them. Like, it was a disrespect of authority towards them if a witch had a black cat, which I'm like, not everything's about you. Yeah. Calm down. Um, at some point in all of this. And you know, because of this, all the stray black cats are just congregating towards the people that yeah. don't want them. They're literally like, um. To the church. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they're marching. Yeah. They're marching down to the church. Just a bunch of Milas and Salem's <laughs> walking around. Like, are you kidding? I would literally like, this is my dream. Yeah. This is my dream. Um, but eventually the fear surrounding black cats and their association with witchcraft made its way over to different countries, like spread like wildfire, which of course it is because as Christianity is spreading, these lures and fear-mongering tactics are going to have a, a role in this. Right. But cats are actually blamed for spreading the plague. During the Middle Ages, it wasn't common for cats to be killed given their association with evil. Um, but some people went as far as blaming cats for being the spreading agent of the bubonic plague and it was used as another reason to get rid of cats however um this plan that they had completely yeah. fucking backfired because we all know that it was rats and who fucking kills rats cats, cats. yeah you dumb bitches fuck off literally fuck off hate bitches um so where did the tale of if a black cat crosses your path you're going to die or whatever it's bad luck yeah. you know so given all of this medieval beliefs about the devil and witches and the cats being all linked together specifically black cats it made sense that the superstition around black cats walking anywhere near anybody would be you know made scare made a scare tactic and right. turned into fur folklore folklore Folklore. Frankfurt. Um, therefore, <laughs> they basically said that a black cat crossing your path was very well on its way to be to go see a witch. Like it was on a mission to meet with a witch. So basically you were going to be looped into this hex or the curse that whatever witch was doing. And it's like the witch doesn't give a fuck about you. Right. Like leave her alone. Yeah. She's she's busy. If she was worried about you, you'd be there. <laughs> you would know. Okay. You would know. <laughs> Um, but that's really it on this article. But I, I just, love that. I loved being able to learn about black cats as a black cat owner, as a black as cat a, mama. As a black cat mama. Oh my god, I love my, black cats are the sweetest, and you can't tell me any differently. Yeah, it's I because agree. they've been hated on for so long. They're like, please, please love me. Yes, yeah, we're going to the church. <laughs> and they're like, by the way, take me to the church on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, please take me to the church. If you want to scare somebody, let's go, bitch. Like, <laughs> me, me and black cats are just one and the same. Yeah, you know. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about Halloween matchmaking and lesser known rituals. So I'm actually going to be reading this verbatim off of History.com article on matchmaking and rituals for Halloween because... Again, it was just too good. It's too good. Yeah. Okay. 
So, but what about the Halloween traditions and beliefs that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten all about? Many of these obsolete rituals focus on the future instead of the past and the living instead of the dead. In particular, many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and measuring them that they would someday, like we already said, with Mm -hmm. luck by next Halloween be married. In 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. In Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, the story went, represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. Another tale had it that if a young woman ate a surgery concoction made out of walnuts, sugary, sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. Thank God you, you know didn't it live turns in. out to me that I would never find my husband back in the day. <laughs> never People found. love their nuts. They love their fucking nuts. Young women toss apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. Mm. Tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water I've and done stood that. in front of a say that again i've done that you wanted to know your husband's name yeah i would like show me logan (laughs) no show me an l (laughs) (laughs) i never saw any letters you didn't see anything no but i did do that one time (laughs) they also stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husband's faces other rituals were a bit more competitive. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. Uh, I'm dead. Yeah, you're dead. You're not allowed to surgery your husband. They would be like, you have to play the game. And, and I'd be like, I will literally go into anaphylactic shock. They'd be like, what's that? Play the game. <laughs> play the game. You need a husband. You, you don't need a nephew. Get your you dowry. A what are you talking about? <laughs> Get your dowry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. Of course, whether we're asking for romantic advice or trying to avoid seven years of bad luck, each one of these Halloween superstitions relies on the goodwill of the very same spirits who presents the early Celts felt so keenly. I love. I love. I love lore. I love lore, like, so much. I wish the world, like, what's our lore going to what, what are we offering? We, we, we took it. We stripped it all. What are you talking about? We I know, but can we create any right now? Could we start one? Oh my God, we start Crepes and Crimes lore. You guys pass it on to your kids. We, for the rest of the time, are a part of lore. People people that have podcasts that are actually not podcasts anymore, it's just like dolphin signals that we send to each other that people listen to radio. When people have podcasts echolocation, like that, echolocation <laughs> for podcasts to replace podcasts in like 25 years or whatever it is, Hell yeah. when we're like, not gonna be dead and gone, but retired, we're hopefully. T- we're tired. <laughs> we're tired and retired. Um, <laughs> Hopefully by that point they're they're gonna be like, and then on this one day in 2022, two idiot bitches with a mic with a mic gave us this story, <laughs> and no nuts were included. <laughs> no nuts were included because turns out humans can't have nuts. <laughs> That's what they would get from it. Literally, they would. That's what it would pass down to. I uh, you know what I am not looking forward to tonight? What? grocery shopping it is so time consuming i feel like i always forget crucial ingredients and i'm just so exhausted by the time i get home i don't even feel like putting the groceries away so then they just sit there yeah and that is why i am so freaking thankful 
that we have HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit as a sponsor of today's episode. If you enjoyed Green Chef as much as we did, you will be obsessed because they are now owned by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front doorstep, aka Morgan, you get to skip the grocery store this week. Hallelujah. HelloFresh makes home cooking easy, fun and affordable. When you subscribe to HelloFresh, you can check save money off of your fall to-do list. HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping too. I'm not even kidding that when Aaron and I budgeted for this month, HelloFresh saved us so much time and money first going to the grocery store that yeah. we're probably going to be doing it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> me too. Me too. Logan's already like, so when's our HelloFresh box coming? Up? Right. Okay, sir, calm down. It's every Monday. It's okay. Calm get down. It, get it okay? right. And not to mention, it is absolutely free. Freaking delicious with an ever-changing menu and options for each season. Because when the seasons change, so does your taste buds. Yeah, you know how it goes. You can easily customize your meals to fit your diet, lifestyle, and cravings by swapping out protein, sides, or upgrading to choice proteins. And they offer vegan options too. I'm not joking when I say Logan and I devoured our very first Hello fresh box Guilty. in just literally three days because we were so obsessed it just made it so easy and it was fun to do and they were absolutely amazing to consume my favorite meal that we had thus far is the bulgogi pork tenderloin with the roasted carrots and the lemony rice oh, oh my god chef's phenomenal kiss. but the way their spicy peruvian chicken that had the loaded rice mm. and the pickled jalapenos mm. and the creamy salsa verde <gasps> rocked my world <laughs> Even my picky eating fiance, Aaron, loved it. And that is a glowing review. Yeah. That is a glowing That's review. That's it right there. To try HelloFresh and get your first box, go to HelloFresh.com slash creepsandcrime65 and use our code creepsandcrime65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash creepsandcrimes65 and use our code creepsandcrimes65 for 65% off plus Free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Okay, so now we're going to move on to um, our actual cases. Yay. Yay. Um, so I'm going to start us off with a true crime case, and this is about the man who killed Halloween. This takes place in Deer Park, Texas. There, Ronald Clark O'Brien lived with his wife, Diane, and their two children, Timothy and Elizabeth. Ronald was a pretty well-liked guy. He was a deacon for Second Baptist Church, which I never heard of Second Baptist Church before. I've heard of First Baptist Church, but I didn't know there was a Second Baptist Church. Yeah, I have heard. I've never seen one before or heard of one. Second Baptist. I've never, ever First heard Baptist, that. Second it just sounds right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm look up one. See if but one what's there. the difference of like between first and second, like just who got there? Yeah. I guess. You're not first, first or nine. second, I guess. You're not first. Look, there's a second. Oh, Presbyterian, second Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Mm. Oh, Second Baptist Church, 14 miles away. Wow. In Clinton. In Clinton. Clinton, Tennessee. That makes a little sense. Um, so he was a deacon <laughs> for Second Baptist Church. Um, and there he actually sang in the choir and he ran a local bus program. But those were literally just his hobbies. For work, he was an, oh my God, how do I say this again? We literally stopped the recording so you could pronounce this for me. Optician? Optician. Okay. At Texas State Optical in Sharpstown, Houston. On October 31st, 1974, Ronald took his eight-year-old son, Timothy, and his daughter, Elizabeth, trick-or-treating. But 
not in their own neighborhood. Instead, they went to Pasadena to find a full-size candy bar type of fucking neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Right. That's where we trick-or-treated. And tagging along with them was their neighbor and his two children, who Elizabeth and Timothy often played with. So they began making their rounds, but one of these houses was taking way too long to answer the door. So the kids, along with the neighbor, just ran to the next house. And Ronald was like, y'all go ahead. He was like falling behind. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to catch up with you and guys in a second. By the time the kids had collected their candy from the next house over, Ronald had caught up. And in his hands were five extra large, like the extended pixie sticks. The kids were fucking stoked. They're like, oh my God, where did you get this? Hell yeah. Ronald explains that patience is key because as he was walking away from the door, the homeowners came to the door since he was trailing behind. They're like, oh, sorry, and handed him these five pixie sticks. So Ronald was like, here, I'll hold on to these pixie sticks until you're done trick-or-treating because they're not going to fit in your bags and I'll give them to you on our way home. So the kids went on their way, finished their trick-or-treating. It started to rain, so they had to leave a little early. And when they were on their way home, Ronald gave a pixie stick to each of the children. So one to each of the two neighborhood kids and one to Timothy and one to his daughter, Elizabeth. uh, Elizabeth. And Timothy's his son. I don't know if I – yeah, I've said that. Okay. So once they returned home, they still had the fifth pixie stick. And Ronald recognized some of the kids that were trick-or-treating in his neighborhood. And one of these kids was someone that he knew from church that his kid played with in, like, Sunday school. So he gives this kid the fifth pixie stick. Well, before bed, Timothy asked if he could eat some of his candy um, that he had gotten trick-or-treating. And, God, that was – at the end of the night when you would dump – I don't know if you guys did this. But we did. Me and my parents would go home. We would dump out the bags. Sort it. We'd sort it. Exactly. And we'd be like, okay – my parents were never like one piece. They were like, let's fuck this shit up. Yeah. Yeah. My parents are always cool as fuck like but that. But we would have we would have bags that measured how much candy you got. Oh, like when you're like sick. when you're like when you got to the top line, it's like jackpot. That's what it read. Hell so yeah. So we would always like race around and be like, I got the jackpot first, you know, whatever we tried to do. Oh my god, we'd y'all are crazy. Home. We'd fucking dump it. And then we'd split anyone. I had all the, you know, Reese's. Peanuts. I had yeah. everything that peanut butter. So I'd be switching for sweet tarts and this, yeah. rotting my teeth out, and that's why I have no teeth. <laughs> Not the teeth, bitch. Not the deed. Not bringing up the trauma. That's that's just genetic. Yeah, it has nothing to do with her eating candy. (laughs) Just so you know. Um, So, yeah, but I used to love doing that. But me and my me and my kids. Apparently, my parents are my kids. Um, (laughs) Me and my parents would run home. We would dump everything out. We would sort it, and we would eat it while we watched like a Halloween movie or fucking forty eight hours. So sick, bro. I wouldn't, I love candy, but I'm always like, okay, I've had too much weed, I need a salty. So I'd be like, let me go get a bag of chips. Popcorn. Pop, the popcorn balls. Oh my, my God. God. Where are those at? I'm going to go get them right this second. So good. I love them. Remember two years ago when I got them yeah. for the Halloween party? Love. Okay. So basically this is what Timothy's doing. He's having to like bargain. Like, okay, can I have at least one? Because his parents were the type of parents like one piece. And they were like, okay, pick one single piece of candy and that's what you can have before bedtime. So naturally, Timothy's going to pick the largest thing that's in there. And it was the pixie stick. So he's like trying to get the, he gets this open. His dad cuts it open for him. Like one of the big ones, the thick ones. Yeah, the big ones that are plastic. And you know, like how in those, how when you were a kid, you would literally like put the whole thing in your mouth and it would clog it because the sugar just clumps and then you'd have to have your parents cut it down. That's basically what happens with Timothy. 
So um, Ronald has to like break it up for him. He's like slamming it on the ground. So Timothy's able to get some sugar out. And he's like, he, he takes like a big slug of it. And he's like, oh my God, this is horrific. It's bitter. And he's like, I need something to wash this down with. So Ronald goes and gets him some Kool-Aid to wash this down with. And then he's like, okay, now go get ready for bed. So that was like the last of his candy. He didn't even get a replacement for the shitty candy that he had, which is sad. So Timothy goes into the bathroom to like brush his teeth. Well, moments later, he starts talking about his stomach hurting. And he runs to the toilet and begins vomiting. And as he was vomiting, it was getting worse and worse. And he actually began convulsing. Ronald held his son as he was convulsing and vomiting and really struggling. And they were waiting for the ambulance that had been called by Diane, his wife. And then Timothy went limp. Timothy died on the way to the hospital at eight years old, less than an hour after eating the pixie stick. They discovered that Timothy had been poisoned. And the only thing that he had consumed was that pixie stick. Investigators discovered that this pixie stick that Timothy had was laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Four of the five pixie sticks were able to be located, but the only one missing was the one that Ronald had given to the child from church. Police immediately contacted the child's parents in the middle of the night, who were obviously hysterical receiving this phone call. They literally jumped out of the bed and ran to their son's room, ripping the door open where he was asleep, holding the pixie stick in his hands in his bed. They shook him awake to find that he had thankfully fallen asleep before eating the candy. It remained sealed because he could not open the staples that had been sealing that candy. Investigators found that all of the pixie sticks had been opened and resealed. The top two inches of Each of them were filled with pure cyanide powder before being resealed with tape. I'm sorry, with staples. The fuck is wrong with people? According to the Victoria Advocate and the pathologist who performed the postmortem on Timothy, um, they discovered that Timothy had consumed enough cyanide to kill two full-grown adults. And the other pixie sticks had a more lethal dose, enough to kill three full-grown adults. When the media picked up Timothy's case, fear swept over the community. Parents were throwing their children's candies into bags and rushing them to the police station to have it searched, fearing that their children would be poisoned if they ate it. Ronald told police that he could not remember the exact house where these pixie sticks were given, so police ended up going door to door in that Pasadena neighborhood, upon which they discovered that not only did no one claim to have given out extra large pixie sticks, but... It seemed like Ronald's crew were the only trick-or-treaters to receive this particular candy. Ronald was eventually able to locate this house and recognize it, and he told officers that the homeowner did not initially open the door. But as he was walking off, as I said before, the door cracked open with all of the lights inside and out off. And all that he could see of the homeowner when he opened the door just a crack was the arm of a man. Police went to this particular home and they interviewed the owner, whose name was Courtney Melvin. 
Courtney Melvin was an air traffic controller at William P. Hobby Airport, and the night of Halloween, he did not return home until 11 p.m. after his shift. 200 of his co-workers and video surveillance confirmed Melvin's story. Therefore, this ruled him out as a suspect. So police were basically at a standstill. They searched his house. There was no sign of like a forced entry or anybody else being in the home. And they just were like, something's off about Ronald's story. So they did some digging, upon which they learned that Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt, a.k.a. $550,000 today. And in the last 10 years, Ronald went through 21 jobs. He could not hold a job. Not to mention, at the time that this was all going down, he was currently suspended from his job at Texas State Optical for theft, and they were preparing to fire him. His car was days away from being repoed. His family's home was foreclosed on, and he had defaulted on several loans. According to the Park City Daily News, in the months before Timothy's death, police discovered that Ronald had taken out hefty life insurance policies on each of his children, Timothy and Elizabeth. And in January of 1974, he took out an additional $10,000 on each, which is equal to $55,000 today. And just one month before Timothy's death, Ronald took out an additional two, I'm sorry, $20,000 on each children's policies. These policies equaled out to $60,000 per child. Diane told police that she had no idea that there were even policies like this on her children. But when they asked her if she knew that the morning after Timothy's death, which was November 1st, um, that Ronald, her husband, had called and inquired about collecting the policies that he had taken out on his son. The day after? The day after. She had no idea. Oh, my God. Obviously, this was fucking disgusting and stunning and just like devastating for her i was not expecting did my husband literally kill my son diane gave police full access to anything that they needed granting them everything that would take months to get warrants for at which point police learned that ronald had gone to a chemical supply store in houston to buy cyanide just days before halloween they questioned ronald on this but he maintained his innocence Police theorized that he had given all of the laced candies to various children to try and cover his tracks. On November 5th, 1974, Ronald was arrested under suspicion of murdering his son, Timothy. Good. He was then indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder, to which he pled not guilty to all. His trial began on May 4th, 1974. Testifying for the prosecution was a chemist who was actually close friends with Ronald. The chemist testified that in the summer of 1973, Ronald called and asked him how much cyanide would be fatal and asking all of these odd detailed questions about these this particular chemical. Also testifying was the chemical supply store employee and Ronald's sister-in-law and brother-in-law who claimed that on the day of Timothy's funeral, Ronald spoke at length about the money from Timothy's life insurance policy that he was getting. sick, bro. Telling them that he was going to use it to take his family on a long vacation. What family? You just killed your son. Literally. You broke your family. 
Diane, his wife, testified that Timothy had not chosen the pixie stick on his own. In fact, Ronald had opened it and forced Timothy to choose it at his, as his one candy. On June 3, 1975, the jury took only 46 minutes to find Ronald O'Brien guilty of one count of capital murder for the death of his son, Timothy, and four counts of attempted murder. And they only took 71 minutes to sentence him to death by electrocution. Wow. Days later, Diane filed for divorce. Years later, she ended up remarrying and her new husband adopted her daughter, Elizabeth. Ronald O'Brien was executed on May 31st, 1984, shortly after midnight. His last meal was a T-bone steak, French fries with ketchup, corn, peas, lettuce, and tomato salad with egg and French dressing, iced tea, sweetener, saltines, Boston cream pie, and rolls. You didn't want a pixie stick? I'm like, Jesus Christ. No, you didn't want a pixie That's stick? That's a full fucking feast. Let me give you a fucking pixie stick as your right. last meal. Literally. So I, are you I, I literally, I mean, I wouldn't even lace it. I just would have been like, here's your meal. According to the Beaver County Times, his last words were, and guys, this literally fucking infuriates me. I cannot believe I'm actually about to read it because it's not his last words. It's his last fucking statement to the entire world. But I do want to read it because I, it's disgusting and I literally want to rip his ass apart with it. So this is what he said, quote, what is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. Is it? I mean, do I agree with, death by sometimes i don't know I, I have very mixed feelings about it i i don't know i just we've already had this conversation on here i have very mixed feelings about it but for you to be so heartless to literally murder your son i i don't know right i don't know um however we as human beings do make mistakes and errors that's not an error you purposefully murdered your child Cut it um, and everything. His execution is, this execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all of those who who have taken part in any way in my death. <laughs> what? Well, good for you. I'm glad you forgive them because I'm sure Diane does not forgive you for taking her son away from right. her. And Elizabeth doesn't forgive you for taking well, brother. maybe they do. I can't say, you know, obviously, I don't want to say that they aren't bigger than me and be able to forgive, but I would never be able to forgive right. that. That that was something I would never be able to let go of. Um, also, to anyone who I've offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask for your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my underlying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you one and all. Bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. During my time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel. End quote. Okay, so who was holding a gun against his head and was like, say that you love it here? This. Like, literally. Who Sign the it fuck? off and say, P.S. P.S. You love it here. P.S. I really you love it really, here. Really, really love it. It's your favorite thing <laughs> like, ever. Really? What a fucking sicko. No, dude. it's the sickest no... story ever. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. But like, I mean, how fucking gross. Gross, gross. And, and then not only did you ruin it for Halloween for your entire family, 
for all, every, like literally you killed your son, your daughter probably cannot ever trick or treat again because of that experience. Not to mention the two neighborhood kids and the poor little church kid who just happened to be in the neighborhood at the time that, and their parents. Like, how dare you do that? But not only that. So I'm so confused though. Did he tell this guy to give them out pixie sticks or did he give them? No, pixie he sticks? had packed them. He had done them before and had them in the back of his like leg or in the car or something and went and gotten them. Shit, yeah. Bro. And then like, not to mention the fact that you literally made it to where every person in your entire area had to bring all of their kids candy. You ruined everyone's Halloween for years probably. Yeah, Still. for years. No, people, that's why he's literally called, some people call him like the candy man. I'm like, nope, that's not you. That's that's a whole nother serial killer. So, another pe Some people call him the pixie stick killer. Literally don't give a fuck to even call you that. I literally, the only name you get from me is not the candy man, not the pixie stick killer. You are the man who killed Halloween. Yeah. For every child in your area. You are a piece of shit. I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to say like he deserved to die because I don't believe that. I don't believe that a lot of people deserve to die. But I don't know. Things like this really make me question my stance on Absolutely. that type of punishment. Because I just couldn't say that if it was my husband who did that to my family. And it just seems so easily to me like he it was done so like, like he is a family annihilator that is exactly what he is in debt secret doesn't want to tell anybody what he's doing he like yeah and he just did it he's like here son mm -hmm. this is the one right like forcing in front of your wife literally poor diane and elizabeth i just on the I, holiday on the holiday and then the next morning you're calling about the insurance policy like, first off, you didn't even hide your tracks. You didn't give a flying fuck to even try to. You're asking to get caught. Right. And like, then. Yeah, why? Because he said, my, I don't got to pay bills in jail. And he's like, not guilty. And they're like, bro, you literally bought the five pixie sticks and you bought potassium cyanide. You forced your son to eat this and you magically pulled these out of your ass from a house where there was nobody home. And he forgot it at first, remember? Yeah, he was like, I was like, I don't know where it's at. You know, actually, I remember it was this guy. He cracked it just ever so slightly. Where I could see his hairy fucking arm. Peered around the corner. It was all dark. Like, real dark. bro, like, get a... I, I just can't. Like, I don't know. I have such a hard time with... Well, and it started the movement to always... Every year, Facebook, always check the Halloween candy. Well, that's, like, always been, like, a tale that people have said. Be And it's because there's people well, even before him. Because there's... This Fucking sickos. Sickos. There's fucking sickos. It's just so. On that note, always check your children's Halloween candy. Always. Even if it's from your husband. I mean, we're not saying this to fear monger. But to tell you the truth, I realize that most of the candy handed out on the holiday is likely purchased at Walmart the day before and then shoved into the plastic pumpkin shaped mm -hmm. bowl. Or my mom, she had the one with the smoke coming out of it. Yeah, my mom had the one with a hand. hand. <laughs> I knew she would. I knew she fucking would. You. Um, you probably realize that most sane people don't poison candy or put glass in it or whatever cautionary urban legend that you've heard. But the only guy who did do it, did it to his own son, like we just heard. So those neighbors of yours, don't treat them like criminals. They're just trying to innocently give the kiddos some sweets. So yeah. be nice to them. We just need a neighborhood that is only true crime podcasters. That's like the safest place to go. I love Trigger treating. Um, this warning regards a phenomenon that I'm about to give you that has no apparent origin. What I mean is no one is really sure of where it comes from. So the candy in question isn't even, we don't even know where it comes from. You can't purchase it at any stores and looking it up online results in there's no results. The candy, this aforementioned phenomenon, appears to be that of like a cinnamon jawbreaker. Not to be confused with the Atomic Fireball brand. Oh, yeah. Or any other similar sweet, but 
It usually resembles a red tinted gumball or a red lollipop with no stick. The point being, it's rather generic in appearance, which makes it tricky to spot the real deal. The candy is sometimes branded under the HH Sweets Company, a corporation that doesn't exist, at least not one that's registered by any agency since 1999. If you search the internet, you might find some HH Sweets businesses, but I assure you that they're not the real deal, merely just a namesake coincidence. If the label carries the HH name, beneath it is a tagline that will read something to the effect of, hot as hell, sweet as heaven. Not all of the candies sport the branding, but it certainly helps to spot them. This is why I'd advise you, if you find yourself or your kids with an unmarked red candy, the safest bet is to throw the sucker away. Documentation of the phenomenon only dates back to 2007, but there is the possibility that it's gone on for far longer. As of this, a known nine people have ingested the candy, four of which being children under the age of 18. Each case has happened on October 31st, Halloween night, with the most cases occurring during 2016, total of three victims. The only clues as to the candy's appearance and branding is through the eyes of witnesses and subsequent investigations of any nearby and the open candy wrappers. Each of the victims' corpses, aside from the heads, remained untouched. Or, sorry, aside from the heads, remained untouched. The heads, however, are where things get strange. Trigger warning. <laughs> oh, shit. Each of the heads is completely burnt, like a used match. Stop. This would make identification of the victims troublesome, except for the fact that fingerprint analysis let, lent itself fittingly to the nature of these deaths, considering that the hands of the deceased were completely intact. None of the victims were related in any way with the only exception being a father and his nine-year-old daughter, Andy and Mary Kay Winfield from Lexington, Virginia. All of the others shared no relation other than the, other than the candy. An eyewitness report from Brevard, North Carolina, documented the full story behind the mysterious death of 12-year-old boy Shane Davis, who died on the Halloween of 2009. Quote, I was leaving the pharmacy at around 8.30 when it happened. He, as in David, was walking down the block in a zombie costume. I didn't even notice him at first because it was dark and the costume was dark. But then there was this flash of orange light, like someone lighting a candle. I turned around and this heat wave hit me in the face. And the smell, oh my god, it smelled like cooked meat. His, his head was on fire. There were people screaming, but there was nothing that we could do. He screamed only for a moment, but then he hit the pavement. I'll never unsee it. There were rumors that it was this hex from a witch or something, and I'm not a superstitious ma man, but when you see something like that, superstition doesn't seem too far off, you know? End quote. Similar reports were documented for many of the other victims shortly after ingesting the candy. The victim's head would burst into flames, and soon thereafter, the victim would succumb to the injury and die. Many rumors and theories have since popped up surrounding the deaths, of the, the deaths and the candy. Many include witches and spells, but some have garnered significant following beyond the regional folklore. One of the most popular rumors cites the death as a result of the 1982 execution of Henry Heisen Cassidy, or H.H. Cassidy, a candy maker from Onancock, Virginia, the site of the first documented death from 2007. Cassidy, a local candy maker, was placed on trial for the disappearances of two young girls from the neighboring town. Despite having no apparent motive for abducting two young girls, the candy maker was charged as a reasonable suspect, having access to sweets for alluring the children. Following a local investigation where one of the girls' bodies was discovered with candy in her pocket, Cassidy was charged with the murders and sentenced to death. Children from the town who once loved the sweets made by the candy maker began calling Cassidy the Witch of Onancock, making him one of the earliest male witches of legend. Mm. Being found guilty in a hasty trial, Cassidy was sentenced to death by molten metal, 
a process considered barbaric except in a case of an accused witch. Cassidy, who swore his innocence until his death, had a molten metal ball dropped into his throat. While a quick death, it was certainly not painless. The townsfolk remarked that justice was served on that day and the body was buried in this shallow grave. Given that Andy and Mary Kay Winfield were also from Virginia, many speculated that the spirit of Cassidy returned to punish those responsible for his death, using his signature candy as a way to torment the descendants of his accusers. The name, too, H.H. Cassidy, would explain the name on the rappers, H.H. Sweets. Another popular theory is usually referred to as the Jack-O-Lantern story. Based on the Irish myth, the story goes that a man known as Stingy Jack tricked the devil on multiple occasions, resulting in his banishment from hell as well as heaven as he was a trickster at heart. The man forced to roam the earth, lit coal with a, with a turnip, and has been using it ever since to light his eternal path. The story, clearly rooted in the Halloween tradition of carving jack-o'-lanterns, has been used to explain the candy, too. Stingy Jack, as he's referred to, seeks out souls to join him in his eternal punishment. The candy, which burns the head off of its consumers, turns them into somewhat crude jack-o'-lantern, and this will explain the fiery demise of his victims, as well as its connection to the celebration of Halloween. In conjunction with the Stingy Jack narrative, there are some who conclude that candy is the work of the devil himself, tormenting unsuspecting holiday celebratories with death merely for the fun of it. <laughs> a rather sick tr trick, yes, but then again, mischief is a commonplace in the celebration of Halloween. As for this theory, the HH label would stand for Hell's Hottest, or some other variation of the Hell, like alliteration of Hell. Despite these varying backstories to the candy, there is a far more grounded explanation that many have subscribed to. Rather than reading into the H.H. Sweets mythology, some conclude that H.H. Sweets is precisely what it claims to be, a candy company. The motive for committing these crimes is, at large, still a mystery, but these theories cut out the claims of ghosts and devils, suggesting instead that a select few sickos had the willpower to conjure up sweets with the intent to kill. In the end, no one theory is correct, at least not one that can be confirmed by traditional means. A candy that is, for lack of better terms, supernatural can only be explained by the supernatural, making it extremely difficult to verify any of the information regarding it. If you wish to avoid the grisly results of the candy, it is always advised to check your children's Halloween candy. Better yet, avoid the trick-or-treating tradition altogether. I disagree. Or, if you're highly concerned, perhaps it would be best to simply skip Halloween altogether. I don't like his end stories, but that is nuts. That is crazy. You guys, that's a creepy pasta. It's a by the way. Pasta. <laughs> we just wanted to give you something extra weird and spooky. But it was good creepy it was pasta. Good. It was like it was a good, good true crime paranormal creepy pasta. It was, and it's like a little bit rooted in like facts and truth. Like yeah. there was a lot in like, that. That was some of them. I'm like, wait, is that person real? <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, like he, they did good. The writer, he, she, they. Yeah, they did a great job. Let me tell you who actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. And wh wh where did you? Whoa, can, it's from Creepy Pasta. Bro, can Can't I know. literally talk? Um, no, I. That's so. It was so good. I love Creepy Pastas. They're some of my faves. Well, the username's blocked out. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, well, it's titled "Always Check the Candy." It's a creepy pasta, and we'll link it for you guys. Unless it's Mac Wal Ralston, it could be Mac Ralston. Maybe. Wow, that's a good one. Isn't that a good it's one? It's a good one. It is a good one. But you know what? Where did the correlation, other than just like the mischief and the darkness and witchcraft, like where did Satan? Why do people say it's Satan's birthday? It's literally not. Oh, that's just fucking that's just some like people saying that some shit. bullshit like why do y'all fucking lie yeah don't what? fucking lie i mean literally lie about everything like that is literally not the truth yeah it's not the truth at all at all 
literally at all like the- it doesn't come from any any sort of any like no like factual <laughs> background morgan morgan's just eating popcorn in the middle of this Sorry, oh, I my just God. my hand was drawing me to the back oh yeah and it's it's made by hh pop secret hh <laughs> pop pop culture cute cool girls named creeps and crimes anyway guys Happy Halloween. We'll see you in a couple days. Yeah, we got you a spooky surprise. And I love this episode. I'm glad. Now, did we end it on a low note? Absolutely. We sure did. We sure we sure did bring it back. With we tricked them a little. Did we trick you guys? I think that we was did. A, that's probably the easiest creepypasta to trick someone with. Right, because it literally, some of it, you're like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, Virginia. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah, that happened. Oh, okay. And then you're like, what the fuck? Amy Winfield, where? Where? What the fuck? <laughs> Sending on by HH? What, bitch? Yeah. It's crazy. Anyways, guys, I, re- I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. We love a St. Patty's version of an episode. They're just so fun because Morgan and I get to go back and forth, and it's not each of us talking for yeah. two hours at a time. Yeah. You know? Much better. They're so fun. Anyways, we love you guys so much, and happy Halloween. Be safe with your kids when you go out. If you're going out to a party, be careful about- Don't eat red candy. What you're drinking. Like, if you're going to, like, a college party, you know- Double check your shit. Send us pics of your outfit. Yeah. Oh my God. Tag us in your outfit for Tag Halloween. I'm Someone so be us. <gasps> Someone Stop. be us right Someone now. Someone dress up as Taylor and Morgan right now. Right now. <laughs> No, we're serious. Oh my god, I would literally vomit if someone. Put no, me. I would love to see how they portrayed me. I'd be like, oh, okay, so, so. Okay, don't even right. say what you're about to say. <laughs> don't even say what you're about to say to demean yourself. Don't do that. All right, bye, guys. bye. Love you. But which version of Taylor would they be? Would they be Converse Taylor? They could dress. You guys, if you want opposite ideas, you could be Bonnie and Kai. Wear a blue wig and a white wig. Oh my god, you're Bonnie and, and Kai. You could be ba- Bonnie and Kai. Okay, if you don't know surprise. who Bonnie and Kai is, that's our second. Two logos, three logos ago. One, two, three, four logos ago now with our new logo included. Anyway, if you want to be Bonnie and Kai, you need some inspo, just send us a DM. We'll send you a pic of it. Yeah, we'll let you know exactly. All black outfit, blue wig for me, Mm -hmm. white wig for Kai. Yep, and red lip for Kai as well. No, for Bonnie. I'm Bonnie, you're Kai. Should we be Bonnie and Kai? (laughs) For for Halloween. We're literally not doing anything for Halloween. You're right. We're going to be sleeping. Okay, love you guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye.